Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. This week's message, well, that's different. So, but anyway, I want to share with you a couple thoughts that we'll see, um, and and mostly it's going to be from this one one verse in Romans chapter 7. So, uh, if you're on the hub, you can see it, you can get a good look at it real quick on what it is, but I want to share it with you and, um, and, and share just a couple thoughts from that with you, and, uh, and, and because, I don't know, this was, this was a super encouraging Bible verse to me when I, when I recently read through this, all right, and, and hopefully it will be for you in the same manner it was for me, and I just want to be able to speak to you specifically on this and, and, um, and, and show you how, through the lens of Christ, it can be different as well, and so that's what we've been talking about. If you've been coming every single week, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the lens of Christ and how when we start to see things through the lens of Christ, we can be able to see things differently, not just the world around us, but just different things that happen to us and the, the, the way that we experience things when we are living in Christ. We can experience just a whole new world, as Ariel would say, and I just came up with that right now. You should give me a little bit more credit than, 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 a, than a pity chuckle, George. Thank you. But anyway, I, hopefully we could be able to see a whole new world because of the, the way that we see things is through the lens of Christ. And I've likened it to the red glasses that we played with when we were kids. And you could see the hidden messages within a book when we put the red glasses on. You guys know what I'm talking about, the, the hidden messages? And so, so in, our, in our life, we can start to see hidden things that Christ is doing in our life because of the way that we begin to see differently because of what Jesus is doing in our life. And that's the whole mentality, that's the whole thought behind this whole thing. So with that being said, Romans chapter seven is where I wanna start and that's where I wanna basically be the entire time. And it's this one verse and this is Paul. I don't know if you guys know Paul, but Paul was also known as Saul. And Saul was a man who was not interested in, in Jesus at all, was not interested in Christians. As a matter of fact, he went out of his way to make sure that life was miserable for Christians. That was his life journey, was to uh, punish Christians, potentially kill them. Uh, his goal was to not let Christians succeed. But he was on his way to the road uh, he was on a, uh, he's on his journey somewhere, and, um, and, and the Lord came to him and knocked him off of his horse. There's this whole story. That's not the point of today. But he had this massive conversion where he met Jesus. This was after Jesus' resurrection, and he got to meet Jesus and got to, got to see him, and he was blinded from this moment for just a short while. But his whole life changed just with this encounter with Jesus. And I want to just say right now that every single one, is, one of us, when we have an encounter with Jesus, when we get to that moment where we accept Christ as our Savior, when our life has changed because of the redemption of what Jesus did for us on the cross, because of his saving grace that he has given us, when we have that moment where we accept Christ and our life becomes completely different because of who Jesus is, we start to see things differently. And that's what happened to Paul. His name was changed from Saul to Paul because it rhymed. I really don't know why that happened, but that's why it happened. Jesus said, you're no longer Saul, you're Paul. And, and so that's what happened. But, but we start to see this, this journey in Paul's life that is so different than the life that he lived before. 
purely because he was wanting to know and be more like Christ every single day. And that was his journey. And, and when we read about Paul in scripture, and we read a lot because he wrote a lot, a lot of what we see and read in the New Testament was from Paul, Romans, uh, Colossians. Uh, we see it in uh, Philippians. There's a lot of things that we see that were written by the hand of Paul in the New Testament. And so when we start to hear a little bit about who he was and some of his thoughts, really we look to Paul in the New Testament as this hero, hero as this champion of the faith. We see him almost as this goal that we should be striving to be like Paul, right? We, we want to be like Jesus, but Paul was the one that understood Jesus and was really like, more like Jesus than anybody else. That's what we, when we start to read more about his mentality, his thoughts, and what he was doing in his life. A lot of times we say, you know what, I want to strive to be like Paul because Paul was most like Jesus, and what I love about Paul, and I've talked about in the last eight months of, of, of being a church, at Anchor Church, a lot of you have gotten to know me a little bit, and you've understood that one of my favorite characters in Scripture is Peter, because Peter was just kind of this guy that always was messing up, and I feel like that's kind of how I am. And Paul was like this guy, like he's the super Christian that like shows up in the suit and the tie, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's the, he's the, he's the you know, like, I don't know, trying to picture it in, in, in our life, right? Like the, the guy that almost seems untouchable. But what's awesome about Paul is what we're about to read is that he wasn't perfect. And a lot of the times when he would acknowledge the fact that he wasn't perfect, he would point to the fact that all he's trying to do is to be more like Christ. And this verse that is on the screen right now that I'm going to read for you in just a moment really kind of revolves around our Sunday this morning. We're talking about seeing and being different in the ways of Christ really revolve around this, this mentality that Paul has here today. And I want to point a couple different things out from this verse. And it goes like this. I want to do what is good, but I don't. Anybody out there, amen? I want to do what is good, but then I don't, okay? I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Can I... Can I hear something from you on that one, right? Like anybody else like me, like, hey, listen, I, I don't aim to do wrong, but I do a lot of it. I don't aim to get it wrong, but it happens a lot of the case, or it happens a lot of time anyway. This is Paul's thought. Interesting, right? Is this almost counterculture or almost against a lot of the things that we typically see and read in the Bible. It's always like, hey, this, 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 and this. Like, hey, you've got to be this. 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 But here's Paul, a guy who is chasing after Jesus, who is like almost there, even though he would say, I'm not there. We would think that this guy's got it going on. Here he says, he says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And here's the, the whole point of this scripture, which I'm, we're gonna get more into it than this. I don't want you to be uh, thrown off by this, but the whole point of this verse is not to highlight the fact that he does things wrong. He's not celebrating the fact that he does things wrong. What he is acknowledging is that that's the type of impact that sin has in our life, that so often we can't escape it, but thank God that we have a savior who came down from heaven to earth to relieve, release us from the sin that bogs us down every single day in our life, that we 
probably would be striving to be more like Jesus, but yet when we fall, which this is acknowledging, there is still a savior that it saves us. And, and, and so I want to point this out, that this, this, this mentality that I want to do what is good, but I don't, but I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway, it starts at an early age. Like, we know what's wrong and we know what's right. I have this video of my son Davis. Don't play a video yet, because that's not the video I have. I have this video that I, I remember uh, of, of my son Davis. He's not even crawling yet, and he, he's, he's touching something that I don't want him to touch right? And I say, no, no, don't touch. And he looks back at me, you know, as, a, as babies do, right? And then he starts to reach forward again, right? And I said, no, no. And he pulls his hand back. And then he starts to do it again. I said, no. And then he finally turns away and he doesn't do it. But right, like he knew at that moment, even as a baby, that that's not what his daddy wanted him to do because he understood the word no, right? Well, I have another video <clears throat> it still makes me cringe to watch this, right? But I have this other video of my daughter. Not really of my daughter, but what she did. She knew that this is probably not something that she should be doing because those of you that are parents that have kids, so often when we turn our backs to them and they're quiet, that's when they do the things that they know they probably shouldn't be doing, but they do it anyway, right? So, Here's a character that happens at an early age, and I'm gonna walk you through this video real quick because this is, she knew that she shouldn't have been doing this. I walked home and I saw this trail that you were seeing right now on the floor, and I thought, what is this? Where's this going? And I follow it, and I follow it, and I see this wet, and I'm like, what on earth did she get into? And there is baby powder, and forgive the term, but it's actually called butt paste, butt paste everywhere, smeared with water and soap and l everywhere. These couches that you see right there, they're like stained even now. I don't even remember what she looked like because I, I don't even think I had, it was crazy. It was crazy. But I walked home and I saw this and I thought, what on earth happened? Now there's a whole lot behind the scenes of what happened when this whole scenario happened, but she was doing what she shouldn't have been doing. And she probably knew that she shouldn't have been doing that. This was, she was probably two years old, but you know, it's toddler, so it's, you know, it's whatever. A lot of times we think, oh, she's just two years old. She's just so cute. No, she wasn't cute. She did, she did what she wasn't supposed to do. But I, I, the whole thing that I wanna point out the fact is that this starts at an early age. That we have this, this drive to, to, to do the things that we want to do. Every single one of us are guilty of that. Now, it might not necessarily be the right thing. And a lot of times it's the wrong thing. And as Paul said in Romans chapter seven, you can put it back up. Romans chapter seven, it says, I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. And this is what we see. We see it in our life and we see it time and time again. So the idea of this is, is simply that there's a, there's a word, there's a, very, there's a very churchy word known as sanctification. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is the idea that we are, if we're going to continue to pursue after Jesus, if we're going to pursue after what he wants for us in our life, if we're going to become more and more like Jesus, as Paul would say that he, that's his mentality, that's what he wants to do, 
that this idea of sanctification sinks in. Now, that's a big word for meaning just trying to become more like Jesus, to become more like Jesus. In Romans chapter 8, he goes on and he says this. And if the spirit of him, in verse 11, if the, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies into life through his spirit who lives in you. So then, brothers, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So what he's saying here is that if we will tap into what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. Now, understand this, that if you are a Christ follower, if you are a Christian, if you understand what it means for Christ to save you from your sins, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, the Bible says that you are saved. So if you are somebody who has Christ in your life, if you understand what that means, that means that the Holy Spirit has come and dwelled among you, who lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit has come to live inside of you and is guiding you. If you are tapping into what the Holy Spirit is leading in your life, if you are pursuing Jesus and you're pursuing as the Spirit leads, as people would say, if you are pursuing that, then you will understand that this idea of sanctification and becoming more like Christ begins to set in as well. That if you will put to death things of the flesh, the desires of of what your body wants, right? There are so many times that we respond in anger. There are so many times that we respond with lust. There are so many times we respond with a bunch of different things that might not necessarily be of Christ. If we put to death those things and we start to aim our life more towards what Christ is leading in our life, we will begin this process called sanctification. Philippians 1, chapter, uh, chapter one, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 says this. says that I am sure of this, that he who has started a good work in you will carry on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So this process, this understanding that if you are beginning your relationship with Christ, that you're gonna move from point A to point B, that there is going to be a process that Jesus is going to lead you to a place where you are gonna be fulfilled, as it says right here, that it will carry on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus, that he has started a good work in you. He will bring it to completion. There's a, there's a, there's, there's a dash there. Do you understand what that, like the dash happens in your life? That there's the moment when you, Begin your relationship with Jesus, and then there's a process in which you become more like him, as Paul explained here. And what happens in Paul's life is he gets to this point, because what happens in Paul's life is he goes from what many people would consider the worst possible person, the one that is going out and who is targeting, who is going after all these people that are, would say and claim Christ in their life. He goes from this person that was doing that to this person that is absolutely just pursuing Christ with all his, with all his might and pursuing after Jesus to the point where he is trying to proclaim and encourage the church around him to be more like Christ. And those are the words that we start to read in all of Romans, really, and we see this process of what, what Paul says is we can start to begin our life in our sanctification process. And Paul in his life, one of the things that he would say 
towards the end of his life, was, he would say in, uh, in Philippians chapter one, I don't have it here in front of me. Do we have it on the screen? Philippians chapter one, chapter, I have chapter, what do you have here? There you go. I read the wrong one earlier. Philippians chapter one, verse 21 says this, and it's wrong here in the hub. That's why I read it wrong. But it says, for me, Christ, uh, for me, living is Christ and dying is gain. This is a point where he's in prison and he's writing to the church of uh, Philippi. And he's saying, listen, I'm in a place where the absolute worst could happen to me. If they commit me to death, it's going to be an embarrassing death. That's what they did. Jesus was on the cross. That is a very common way of, of, of punishment of death back in those days. They hung there for several days, and, and it was a very ridiculed death. Paul knew that something like this was coming his way. If he was going to be charged with things, he was in prison. He was going to be uh, put in, on trial. And he, he wrote back to this church, and he said this. He said, for me, living is Christ." but dying is gain. If they're gonna punish me to death, that's gonna be fine because I'll be in heaven with Jesus. But if I live, that's more opportunity for me to be able to share Jesus and I'll come back to you and we'll be able to be encouraged together as a church. So this mentality really for Paul is so different because all, every single one of us really, if we're honest, death is a scary thing. We don't know when it's coming. We don't know how it's going to hit us. And it's something maybe we think about occasionally and we wonder how in the world it might happen to us and what it might be like to not be alive. But here's Paul this one who says, you know what, I might not get it right. I try to do things and I can't. And then um, I want to do what is right, but I do what is wrong. He's at this process where he says, you know what, for me, if I live, awesome. If I die, awesome. Because Christ is to gain either way. And so when we look at Paul, from the moment where he says, you know what, I, I'm not getting things right. I try to strive for what is good and I don't get it. I want to do what is right, but I'm wrong. What we see is a humble heart. And so I want to encourage you to stay humble. To, and, and honestly, that really means just to evaluate where you are. That may look different to a lot of people, but when we look at Paul and his life and what he was doing in this moment when he wrote this, he was humble. He was saying, listen, I'm trying to do these things, but I get it wrong. And honestly, that's probably every single one of us. I try to do every single thing that I possibly can to become more like Jesus, but I get it wrong often. But I'm not necessarily willing to tell that to people all the time. But here's Paul, he's writing it down. And not only does he write it down in, 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 in Romans chapter seven, verse 19, if you read back a little bit in verses 16, 15, 16, he says the exact same thing. So he's reiterating what he's already said when he says it in verse 19. Again, not for the point of celebrating the fact that he gets it wrong, which 
if now we look in the world, this world would celebrate the fact that, hey, listen, I know what's wrong, but I'm gonna do it anyway, you know? Paul's saying, listen, I know what's wrong and I try not to do wrong, but I do it anyway because that's the battle that's waging inside of my life right now because of how sin can be a part of my life. Just because we are saved by grace doesn't mean that the sin is just gone. It's there. And this daily battle against sin is just always there. It's how we battle. It's how we go to battle. It's what the weapons that we come against it is how we really are preparing ourselves for the war. And so to be able to overcome some of this stuff, and one of the things that I, I think is so incredible when we read about Paul over and over again is that he's a humble man. He, he says, you know what, I'm, I'm close to completing this race and I wanna be on this race uh, and I'm not quite there yet, but I want to be f- even better than I am. He says that in Philippians. I'm pursuing Christ with everything I can and I haven't achieved what I need to achieve yet. Again, that's the heart of a humble person. So you need to stay humble and then hustle harder. If we hustle hard, if we understand this mentality that, you know what, I wanna tap into what the Holy Spirit is leading in my life. I want to grow. I want to be more than I am right now. Paul would encourage us to to, to tap into what the Spirit leads. In Romans chapter eight, if I could read that one more time, he says this in verse 11. He says, and if the Spirit in him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. So rely on the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, is what he's saying. Rely on the Holy Spirit. And if so then, brothers, we are not obligated to the flesh. We don't have to live into what our bodies are telling us to do. We don't have to always say yes to what we think that we need to do because this is the way that our bodies are leading, right? Because so often our first knee-jerk reaction is to get angry. Our first knee-jerk reaction is to obsess over something. Our first knee-jerk reaction is to say yes to ourselves, But what we don't need to do often is say yes to ourselves because that's where we get into this bind that Paul is talking about in Romans chapter seven that I don't want to do wrong, but I do it anyway. We have a pretty good filter about what's right or wrong. And often we will convince ourselves. Sometimes we go way out of the way to convince ourselves to do what is wrong, even though we know what is right. And sometimes we just know that we need some work. And that's when I say, when I say hustle hard, that's what I mean. Hustle, like I've coached some athletics before. I've played athletics before. And our coaches will often remind us to hustle, 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 hustle. Not because it's, any, um, it's any, anything to gain for the coach. But because when we hustle, we start to pick up and we start to begin to gain some traction on whatever it is that we're trying to achieve. And so if we were going to hustle harder, hustle hard or hustle harder, then we are chasing after Jesus. We are relying on the Holy Spirit and his leading so that when we are facing these things that we're facing on a daily basis or on a weekly basis or whatever it is that we, our first knee-jerk reaction is to respond in different ways, 
then if we're relying on that, then we can put to death the desires of the flesh. And for you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. If you do that, you're going to die. But if you live by the Spirit and you put to death the deeds of the body, then you will live. Paul's telling us that if we put to death those things, then we're, we're not gonna rely on those, those, those fleshly desires anymore. You just have to tap into the Holy Spirit and continue to ask for him to lead you in those ways. And that's really where sanctification really starts to happen. When you say, you know what, I've moved from glory to glory. There's another verse that I have. I don't know what it is. I don't have it here in front of me. I forget. Did I not go through it? Yeah, here it is. We all with the unveiling faces are reflecting the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. And the idea of moving from glory to glory is this, that when we accept Christ as Savior, when that journey, when that faith journey begins for us, that is a moment of glory for us. But it doesn't have to stay there, and it shouldn't stay there. That we move from glory to glory. We go from one thing to the next thing as we begin to this, this sanctification process that we begin to grow and we begin to change and we begin to learn more about who Jesus is. And this whole series has been about understanding who Christ is. And understanding who he is through the filter of who he is. And that when we learn more about Jesus and we start to see who he is, then we can respond differently to the way that this, this life challenges us. Because it's not an easy life. And I look around and I see faces and I see many of you, which is not fair to you today because the lights are all on. Usually I can't see your faces but it's not fair to him. But, but um, the idea is that I know that so many of you, just like me, are facing so many difficult things. There are so many challenges in this life. And if we go from glory to glory, if we go from one step to the next step to the next step, we begin the sanctification process where we're starting to see more of who Jesus is in our life and we begin to grow. We get from point A to point B and we see uh, if we tap into and we're hustling hard, we understand who he is. And what does it mean to hustle hard? Specifically, it just means, hey, listen, just spend some more time reading about who God is because this whole series is about being able to see J Jesus differently. You can't see Jesus differently unless you understand who he is and we understand who he is when we read about him in his word. So the more time we spend with him in his word, the more understanding of who we, he is we start to be able to, to comprehend. And we start to pray a little bit more. One thing that happened this morning is we just, we broke a little bit of character, I thought at least, and we started to pray as a church family because we get together and we, we pray before the service. And, and we prayed, we, we just prayed. And I think that sometimes we need to pray a little bit more than we are. And I say that more so because I feel like I need to pray more than I do. So if we're understanding who he is and we're reading more about him and his word and we understand and comprehend just the true character of who he is, because I'm telling you, if you, if you read the, a lot of times we have this premonition of who Jesus is based on what other people say. Don't do that. Find out who he is in his word. Spend time with him in prayer. And then the other thing that you can do is spend time with other people who are other believers. And that's why we set up our anchor groups because we want to encourage you to spend time with other people who will be there to encourage you. I would love to say that the church is there to encourage you. And I believe that that's the case. 
It can be different than the world around us who might not necessarily be there to encourage you and to challenge you in different ways. And that's what, that's what being together as a, in a group is, is that we're celebrating and we're putting ourselves around people who are like-minded, who are focused on the things that we're focused on. This process of becoming glory to glory, sanctification, going from where we were to where we're trying to go in Christ. Other people are on that journey with us. They're just gonna encourage us along the way. To move from glory to glory. That's the goal. That's the mentality. This is the the words of Paul as well. So I want to challenge you today to examine your life and where you are. And maybe you're just like Paul who would say, you know what? I try to do what is right, but I get, I get it wrong. I don't want to do the things that are wrong, but I end up doing them anyway. There's a war and a battle that's going on in your life. The flesh desires one thing and the spirit desires another. And I want you to tap into what the Holy Spirit is leading in your life. And I want to challenge you to take that leading and do something with it to go from glory to glory, to never stop improving, to to move to a point where you believe and you honestly are are, are just chasing after what Jesus wants in your life. And I asked myself this this, this question this morning. I was driving here this morning at, at 7.40, whatever it was. And I thought, why would people want to know this? What What's the purpose of really just trying to get better in our life? Why would people care about doing the right thing? Because often the wrong thing feels good, right? It feels good to yell at somebody when they cut you off, lay the horn on. It feels good to chase after whatever the flesh is is desiring. But here's what it is. Ultimately, when we fall to the things, fall to the flesh, it puts us in a place that is often very difficult to get out. And I'm sure your mind can take you to places that I'm not going right now because it's you personally. But so often it's so hard to climb ourselves out of a situation that our flesh puts us in. God is doing when he lays the law down and when he encourages us and as Jesus commanded to love God and love others and everything else will fall into place after that what he's encouraging us is if we live that out and if we are encouraged by the Holy Spirit leading in our life and we're tapping in and we're 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 understanding who he is and we're reading and we're praying and we're surrounding ourselves with people who care about us who love us and want to encourage us and take those right steps If we're doing these things, then often we are separating ourselves from a lot of the disasters, from a lot of the complications, from a lot of the conflicts, from a lot of the pain that sometimes our flesh puts us in. And that's really what I want to encourage you today is to not put yourself in those positions. Because often what feels right in the moment is not necessarily what's going to be right in the long run. And that's what God is protecting us from. 
So I don't know what it is that you're facing. I don't know what it is that is a constant battle for you. I don't know what it is that the flesh is always reaching and, and just tearing into your life. But I want to encourage you to pause here in this moment and reach into what the Holy Spirit may be leading you because I'm telling you, he's leading you out of that. It may not necessarily be like Paul when he was heading down this road and he got knocked off his horse, but maybe we need to be reminded today of just how great and how gracious and how awesome our Jesus is. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.